Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. I'm speaking with Eva Scott this morning and pumped is an understatement. I know that I say it with every interview that I do, but oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be speaking with Eva today. She is the best-selling rural romance author. She's written, gosh, so many books, but I'm going to be talking to her today about her latest release, While You Were in the Country, which is inspired, I think, by While You Were Sleeping, which is a cute 1990s rom-com. While You Were in the Country follows the story of Frankie Fox, who has dealt with a a lot over the last few weeks. She's just turned 30, she's lost her roof, been ghosted by somebody she thought could be the one, and now is somehow dating her long-standing celebrity crush, the Jed Murphy. She's living with two Murphys in her home and all the while wondering, is a new roof really worth the trouble? Now I've just gotten that from the back, so there's no spoilers at all, but it really is the sweetest, funnest, most light-hearted and most loving story that I've read. It's just It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous read, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with Eva today. Hi, how are you? I'm so excited to speak with you today. How are you? I'm good. It's so lovely to meet you. Oh, it's so lovely to meet you. Thank you. This is a real honor. Thanks so much. I. It's the other way around. I never managed to get to your shop when it was open. I know. (laughs) I was a Brazil, and now I'm in Tassie. And but I wish I had. Oh, bless. Thank you. The last two years were really only started the author events in 2018 and then 2020 2021 were just a write-off so I feel like I missed yeah. my opportunity with the shop and the author events and <laughs> but thank you thanks so much for letting me interview you today thank you for letting me be part of the blog tour that we did when the book first came oh, out yes thank you for such a lovely review too it was oh, really appreciated meant every word I loved this book <laughs> your books are just so fun they're so fun Beautiful. they're so funny but they're also also really about serious things. So how did you get the idea for this one? This one was off while you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock. That's one of my all-time favourites. I love, love, love that movie. So I thought I'm going to have a crack at it. It's sort of like these 90s rom-com. They're a bit like a puzzle. You take them apart and then you see how you can convert them to the 21st century. This one was tremendous fun. This was the best fun I think I've ever had writing a book. Well, it was super fun to read. I think I've read a lot of your books, but this is my new favourite. Yeah, this, this is my favourite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really loved Frankie. I, I mean, I've always loved all of your your main protagonists, but Frankie was just so lovable and she's just so honest and real and fun and funny. She's a delight. Well, I just, I didn't realise how people would react to Frankie until Penelope Janu read the book. She wrote the little quote on the I front of the, the cover yeah. and she constated me and said, said, I love, love, love Frankie. And what did she say? It was really funny. She said, I love, love, love Frankie. Oh, and the bloke, you know, <laughs> and then I realized that Frankie was going to be obviously the character that would really carry this book through. Yeah, she is. It's Frankie's story for me and it's lovely, but he's more like eye candy, I guess. It's Frankie's story for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you even think to do the 90s rom-coms and make them Australian rural romances? It's just, well, such a fun series to have. I, COVID, you know, like when was that? 20, gosh, it seems like such a long time ago, doesn't it? 2019, we'd gone through Trump, the fires, mm. the flood, mm. and then COVID started. Mm. and one of my best friends lives right in the epicenter in Italy where it all started to erupt so I was hearing from her what was happening and it was a very frightening time and Mm. I had a very I don't know how I'm going to put it I had a very adventurous night I lived in London and there was a lot going on at the time and I would go and watch 90s movies as they were coming out. They were always a place you could go and you'd come out and you'd feel comforted and ready to go on to the next episode of yeah. whatever. Yeah. And when all this hit, I thought, you know, I'm going to go and watch those on Netflix. I'm going to go mm-hmm. find them. I'm going to go watch them. And then I think I really want to read them. And I couldn't find anything that kind of fit the build. Gorgeous characters, improbable scenarios with Happy Ever After. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write one. And Sleepless in Seattle, Lonely and Longreach, really is why I picked that one because the title just came to me and was so good that I couldn't possibly refuse. So it was catchy. And from that point forward, we have struggled with titles like you wouldn't believe. Wow, and I think so easy. Oh, leading out with Learning Longreach. And every time I have a book, I wanted to call this one With Love from Calbar, but my publisher said, no one's ever heard of Calbar. We're not having Calbar. And they said, can you make it to Woomba? I said, can't make it to Woomba (laughs) because Woomba's a city. It's not really a little town, is it? It's like it's not the same. So I think it was five or six people involved back and forth back and forth and in the end it was we went with this because I, I, I just can't top that lonely and long reach well I think I I read lonely and long reach first because of the title alone it's such a catchy title yeah. it was just it calling is. to me from the shelves I didn't regret it at all and I followed you ever since it wouldn't matter what the titles were now now I know that I love your <laughs> novels you. Oh. <laughs> but you mentioned Calbar there it's a real place with a it real is. community and it was just lovely I was so excited when I read your author notes and saw that it was a real community. It is in the Facebook posts that fall between the chapters. Mm-hmm. I, I try to posts. capture the sense of what that place is really like. Mm-hmm. And I think think I did largely. I mean, the community I live in now, our Facebook page is very different. It's more about who's out, you know, buying and selling and swapping things. It's a very functional community page mm. where the Calbar one was a much gentler, more caring sort of page. It had that. Uh, and that really community feel even yeah feel that's what they've got there place. yeah you walk into the town and I, I felt it straight away on my first visit so I really wanted to share that with the rest of Australia so if you happen to be in the neighborhood you could call in it's just the loveliest place it really is it's just gorgeous I wish I was in the neighborhood oh my goodness I cannot wait to go to <laughs> love it <laughs> Oh, it's lovely. And the cakes. Oh, yeah. It's just sensational. I took photos of it for inspiration when I was writing and they've just got like the best cakes and it's just lovely. Oh, it sounds it. And it really was the, is it the Napolitana? The slice. Oh, it's almost worth the road trip, I think, because. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah, well, yes, Lanier runs the postmaster suite at the post office. So I can't guarantee they'll always have that particular fudge, but they have a whole range of them. So very kindly let me pop them in the book, which was lovely. But I really wanted you to be able to go there and go and have a cup of coffee where he was or, yeah. you know, get the fudge or, you know, have an experience that was like 3D, if you like. Yes, you know? yeah. Well, it's definitely on my bucket list now to road trip there. I think it'd be really nice, especially because you 
are you in the book? You can see, feel, taste, smell. You've got all of the senses going. And so, yeah, to to bring it into the real life would be lovely. But your book does tackle some big themes and some big issues. It's such a fun book when you stop and think about what it's about. It really packs a punch. There's a lot in there. I didn't realise till after I'd written it that I'd probably covered probably more than I meant to, but the story just allowed to talk about social media and the the need to be kind on social media. People are, are not kind. And that does affect the I love the, the juxtaposition you know? that you've got there. The community page of Calbar versus the trolling and the, the hashtags and the, the paparazzi and the everything. It was just social media can be. I just thought that you tackled mm. it beautifully. There's so much to think about. Oh, thank you. I wanted to show that social media can be really good. Mm. It's not all bad, but however bright the light, dark the shadow, right? So it can be a place, a haven mm-hmm. of community, but it can also be cruel and mm. I wanted to sort of talk about that a little bit and just remind people that there is good, there is good to this. And I think we need to focus on that more too. Mm. You just gave me so much to think about for such a romantic comedy of a fun novel. It was great. (laughs) All of that drug and alcohol abuse that Jed faces, as well as his mental health, gosh, there is just, there's so much to to think about with this one. I think you've made some great statements on just how interrelated it is and self-medicating and not knowing what to do and I think we've all known people and we may mm. have done it ourselves you know going through tough times where we've self-medicated with alcohol or whatever it is difficult and it's good in this day and age because we can talk about mental health and and you mm. can go and ask your doctor a mental health plan and I remember back in the 90s to go and ask for help was mm. I don't know it was like a shame attached mm. to saying that you couldn't cope or that you needed mm. help or that you and it's changed a lot I'm a mental health first aider I've been one for a really long time now and oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it's watching that shift, especially yeah. with the younger generation who are, are much more embracing of getting help if they need it, which yeah. is lovely. It's as it should be. Yeah, know? absolutely. Listening into two girls who were in front of me the other day on a walk and they were talking about going to the psychologist and what they had to do. And you're so right. They were just talking about it like it was the most normal thing in the world. And gosh, it was lovely. It's exactly the way that it should be. Yeah, it is. And thinking back to my London days and some of the things my flatmates at the time were going through, if help had been an accepted thing to do, I think it would have mm-hmm. gone a lot easier for people. Do you know, if you could have just gone and got help, but people didn't. It was almost a shameful thing to mm-hmm. say that you weren't coping. Yeah. If you've got PTSD or depression or whatever the circumstances were. But now it, it's a very different landscape. Mm, thank goodness. I think, yeah, the young kids of today have got it right in they're getting help and it just yeah. being normalised. And Yeah, and considering their mental health, I'm not so good today or there's whatever it is we just bolted yeah. on yeah. I just sort of look back and I just hope that those flatmates I had they're scattered all over the world now but you just think gosh I hope you made it mm. you know alcohol was a number of choice yeah you know, back then yeah about what could have been yeah but I also wanted to talk quickly about the rescued animals so in addition to it just being super cute there is actually a charity till the cows come home yes there is it's fantastic it's so great so it's a non-for-profit animal charity which rehomes yeah Yes, yes, they do. In the world of farming, male animals are frequently not tremendously useful, Mm. you know, sorry to say, but they're not. And Mm. a lot of them get abandoned or put down when they're very young. And some of these organisations will save them where they can. 
and mm-hmm. they will rehome them. So if anybody is up for adopting a calf or a, a sheep, you know, a wee lamb or a goat, that's another industry that, well, Frankie adopts two goats. And yeah. I have a friend who had a goat farm and she said the male, it's not a nice life for them at all because they're not, they're not useful. Yeah. Uh, the females can be milk. The yes. males can't. They only need a couple for breeding. But isn't it lovely that there's that type of charity that is set up? And it was just lovely that you shined the light on it because I couldn't possibly, we live in a year in Cronulla, but no one's going to want you having a calf in no, there, that's for sure. No, I'm not going to be able to put goats anywhere. <laughs> it was lovely oh, to read no, about that's it. Oh, no, that's not going to work. It's so nice to know that there's charities out there that exist. Yeah, there are. There's, they're out there, they're all over the place, and they work really hard to try and make a difference. It's very difficult. I was reading an article by a farmer who was talking about the difficulty between trying to save orphaned lamb as opposed to let nature take its course. Mm. From a farming perspective, it's a really difficult conundrum. Mm. You know, farming's hard. It, it's yeah, heartbreaking. It's such a, a cruel industry and just as cruel on people as it is on the animals. Yeah, you're right. It's really hard work. And I think it when you farm animals, you have to toughen your heart a little bit. Yeah. Because you're going to have to make decisions that are really uncomfortable. You're going to lose animals that you are trying to save. It's going to be tough. It's going to happen. The next book that I'm writing is actually set on a walnut farm because the great thing about orchards is that you don't have to get up early and you don't have to kill anything. Yay! Oh, so, that's fantastic. That's the kind of farming for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that going to be like a 90s rom-com tie-in as well? I've reimagined Hope Floats. I'm in my Sandra Bullock period. Yes, so absolutely. Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. It's a much gentler sort of story. It's not as much of a romp, but it's warm and gentle and still funny, but it's not as romp. Then the one after that, I've just finished. It's called Home to Echidna Lane. It's set here in southern Tasmania. And then I'm going to launch into, do you remember Romancing the Stone? Of course I remember Romancing the Stone. I know, right? Is it fun? (laughs) And especially since, yeah, such a good film. Sandra Bullock just did that one with Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum. It was like Romancing the Stone crossed with Indiana Jones. The Lost City, that's what it was called. They just did that movie, The Lost City. So in that oh it's it's a fairly new release so if you get the chance but it, it's fabulous fun Excellent. um it's a romp again a romantic romp but it's a romp yeah. the, the one i'm going to do next is romancing the stone but it's going to be set in kalgoorlie they'll be romancing kalgoorlie and it will be a nugget instead of an emerald and my husband's a kalgoorlie boy so there's lots of interesting things about kalgoorlie secret tunnels and sorts of things so we're gonna have some fun it's gonna be a lot of fun oh wow that sounds great i can't wait and so how did you come to writing at all? Did you always want to be a writer? I have always written stories. Before I had my alphabet memorised, I would just write scribble and mm-hmm. say that was a story. In my head, I knew what story was, but I didn't know how to obviously write. <laughs> so I've always done it. Just scribble, staple little books with bits of paper and press them onto my long-suffering family. But everyone in my family is a bit of a storyteller. They're all yarners. And yeah. I'm the only one that uses my power for good and to make money. <laughs> the rest of them are all just entertain you at a barbecue. <laughs> Sort of. I love those storytellers as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Even more. Yeah, I remember when my sister-in-law, my eldest brother's wife, when she joined the family, she would just sit there and say nothing. And I realised after some time it's because she was waiting for a gap. <laughs> 
in the conversation to sort of jump in and it's never going to happen. You just have to launch in over the top of everyone else just get in and there. be the loudest. And then that 25 years on, she does. Yeah, it's not for the faint hearted or the, or the super quiet. No, I'm one of seven. And so it's, there's a lot of crisscrossing and a lot of, of conversation going on. And I remember Dave saying, hang on a second, what? Now, how do I fit here? How do I get in? <laughs> exactly. You can follow everything. Everyone's talking at once, but everyone can follow the conversation. And we don't seem to have any trouble. It's a shorthand, isn't it, that you yeah, learn growing up in yeah. a rambunctious family. Definitely. It can look funny, but then <laughs> once you're in, you're in. You can almost even tell that with your books as well. There's so many characters and so many people and so many different points of view coming along. I'm not surprised that you come from a big family. Yeah, relationship between Jed and Anne was an inside study, I think, on when you have difficult relationships yeah. uh, between siblings and that resentment that can be festering for years and mm-hmm. how that can really in the way like how do you get past something that's so old mm. but is never addressed that was really the conundrum yeah. between Jed and Ant was this old wound that just wouldn't heal yeah but <laughs> it, it really, what you encapsulated there was when you love your siblings but you don't particularly like them and he was he was a real <laughs> arrogant and obnoxious and self-centered and all of these entitled things. yes yeah yeah and yeah. he's he's very talented so unfortunately yes. that facing of talent feeds into it and yeah. he's a bit narcissistic really yes absolutely he, he sort of, you think he's going to redeem himself every now and again you think I kept waiting for it oh, okay yeah. yeah 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 but in the end Jed is dead you know yes that was just so well done it's not all going to resolve itself it wouldn't be realistic if it did but I think that he had opportunity and yeah there was so much to think about with Jed yeah he's a fundamentally a weak character so he's Yes. It's easier to revert to his behaviour than it is changing. Mm, yeah. So I, I've known people like that and you think you're going to do it, you're going to make it, yes. Yeah, and then, oh, no. we all have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needed to be likeable enough to understand why Frankie and Anne and even Adele wanted to support him or, but he's too flawed ultimately, mm, I think. It was fascinating. Such a good novel. I can't even articulate how much I enjoyed it. It was just the perfect book oh, so at the perfect time for me. Yeah. It was great. So are you a reader as well as a writer? Do you get it much time for reading? I love, love, love reading. I don't read while I'm writing because mm. I pick up the author's voice and it interferes with my own. It's like if I'm in a conversation with someone who's got an accent, I will start <laughs> imitating them. It's just the rhythm of it. Yeah. And so I, I don't read while I'm writing. And then once I'm finished, like there's a little oh, window of opportunity coming up where I can just like read my head off. But what a good way then to so you read when you it's good to be on like holidays. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you really appreciate what you read then because yeah. you don't get so much time for it yeah yeah of course oh wow can we quickly talk about your social media because I love it I've Do been you? on a diet for the last three weeks and oh my goodness the cakes that you put up there have been great oh isn't that cake oh she's such an amazing baker Chelsea's her name she's just I'm fascinated because you know what when I bake it does not come out like that right I'm an oh, aspirational no, no baker oh and it's just useless and so I, <laughs> I'm fascinated by you know that goat cake she made Yes. She's always doing something amazing that blows my mind. I'm in awe. There's a Melbourne bake, Beatrix yeah. bake on Instagram, yep. that her cake fell out by 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, oh, and uh, yep. it. so I'm fascinated by bakers, but I'm not really one. Well, no, you're a writer. You can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my cakes are flat, so I follow. They make me happy. Cakes make me happy. Oh, cakes make me so happy. <laughs> That's enough in your feet. Thank you. <laughs> you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're struggling to get back to sleep yes I always eat cake in my head obviously not 
in real life. I imagine <laughs> I'm eating cake. I find that an enormous comfort. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. You're part of the Australian Romance Writers Association. Yeah. It seems like such a lovely community. It's an incredible community. Mm. And I don't know that there's another writing organization that's so inclusive and supportive. And I say to people, even if they don't really write flat out romance, you can have romantic elements. I mean, let's face it, every story is about a relationship. Oh, I know Ray Cairns, who really writes thrillers. is, And I think it's just a real inclusive community. I want to join in the arena. a great Lovely. community and and you could why not and oh, really? I find that it's good for information about if you want to self-publish or traditional publish or you can jump in and you can ask questions and somebody will know the answer and mm. I find that it's a really great touchstone for information and for sharing and support or if you get a bad review you get all the support you need right there yeah that's what it seems like I mean as an outsider looking in on it it just seems like the loveliest group of friends and community and it it seems just delightful and all boats rising on the high tide is that the saying even oh that is gorgeous yeah that is it is perfect and I think that largely that how it, it seems to operate which is amazing yeah. when you think about how many people are actually members yes and that there is so little competition I mean it just it doesn't even seem to be a factor in nothing competitive about it it is all just support and yeah I haven't encountered any mean girls that hasn't been mm. like you're all just so lovely to one another yeah, and it, it's been a, a great launch pad. I don't know that I would be where I am if it hadn't been for starting with these guys mm. all those years ago. Like, yeah. gosh, what, nearly 12 years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Taught me a lot about writing, given me friends and connections. And mm. I think it's just a valuable touchstone of an organization for writers, mm. to be honest with you. And mm. I've looked at other writing groups or other organizations and they don't have the same energy, it has to be said. Mm. As useful and helpful as they are, mm. they don't quite have the magic thank you very much i have really enjoyed our chat it was an honor to steal some of your time and i can't appreciate it enough thank you so much oh i've had fun it's been brilliant i'd love a good chat thank you this has just been delightful thank you okay so that's it for this conversation thank you so much for joining me please leave a review wherever you can but especially where you found my reader book podcast if you'd like more connection please head on over to the readerbook.com.au there's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there and that's also where you'll find my blog and I would love 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 to welcome you into our community there's a membership page on readabook.com.au there are three levels the first is free and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together thank you